Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. And, uh, but if we go to Luke's, Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, I want you to see this. There are several angels written out in Scripture. And there are two given by name. One is Michael, and the other is, is, is Gabriel. Michael, Gabriel. These are the two that are given. I want to talk specifically about Gabriel. Michael, throughout Scripture, was, was considered like a, a warring angel. Anytime you ever see him, he's engaged in a battle. And anytime you see in the Old Testament, which we'll read in a few verses, Old Testament Gabriel, Gabriel uh, was there and he was a messenger bringing announcement. And then in the New Testament, he came and he brought announcements. But I want to specifically talk about the two differences about Gabriel in Old Testament and New Testament how, and how it relates to you and I. Uh, but I want you to see it from here because these are the classic verses of Scripture. Look at verse 13. Luke 1.13, it says this, um, if you're there. But the angel said unto him, talking about Zacharias. Now, he was in the temple doing his duty. And he said, but the Lord, uh, be not afraid, Zacharias. Now, let me tell you this. Anytime you see an angel show up to somebody, do you ever notice he said, be not afraid? Or he said, fear not. Because you're not used to handling that. You know, you, when an angel shows up, man, from a natural standpoint, it, it, it's shaking you. So, Notice this, but the angel said, so angels talk, they can converse, they have a message, and they speak, and he said, do not be afraid, and he knew him by name, Zacchaeus, Zacharias, excuse me, for your petition has been heard. Oh, isn't that a good one? Now, he was in there doing his priestly role and his, his obligation. He wasn't praying at that moment. These prayers were prayers he had prayed all along. When he first got married to Elizabeth, every, at that time, their desire was children. And then along the line, no children came. So they began to pray and petition God for, for, uh, for children. Now listen close. Some of you right now, as I read this, I'm going to come back and repeat this. But some of you right now, your prayers have never died. Your prayers of faith. Now, you can abort them, you can chain them up, and you can dismiss them. But if you prayed them in prayer, never allow them to be harnessed by time, and then you get discouraged, you forget them. They had been praying for a child. They wanted a child. Now they're beyond what natural years. Now, now let me give you this. I don't have time to really get into this today. There was another man and another woman who had the similar situation through Scripture, and his name was Abram. And his wife's name was Sarah, and they could not have children. So what you're reading now is the same angel showed up in the course of their life. And when that happened, well, Sarah became Sarah. Sarai became Sarah and ended up having a child, and now we're of the seed of Abraham. Because of a visitation. All you need to do, now this is close. Sad Christianity leaves when you recognize the holy visitation on your life. There's a holy visitation on your life. I want to remind you, I've said this for years. 
you have absolutely annihilated the devil because of your birth certificate. Because he doesn't have one. He has no natural birth. He wasn't here. He has no birth certificate with little feet on there. He does not have one. He's illegally here. He fell out. He was kicked out of heaven, fell to earth. He has no mama, and I've said it for years. If he had a mama, she'd have slapped the hell out of him a long time ago. Satan is a fallen angel. He is nothing more than a rebel. He is the epitome of disease. According to John, he is the wicked one. Study the Greek. It says full of disease. All disease originates and flows from the very person of the fallen angel known as Satan. He's no longer Lucifer. He was Lucifer, but when he fell, he lost his angelic name. And he became Satan. Look through scripture. He's called the thief, the killer, the deceived, the, but he's no longer Lucifer. He was, but he's no longer. And he has no, he has no sense about him. Satan doesn't. Had no sense. And the Bible said, had he had known, he would have never crucified the Lord of glory. So he doesn't know your future. So stop saying, well, Satan must know I'm going to be blessed. That's why he's harassing me. Here he knows you're blessed because he read the scripture. He knows more scripture than some believers do. Amen. Now watch this. Hey, I'm doing pretty good already. The angel said, come on, somebody shout it with The angel said, now remember his name is Gabriel. And he said, and watch this. Your petition has been heard. Your petition has been heard. Jeremiah said, uh, according to Daniel, Daniel was in prayer. And the, here's what the angel said. Gabriel said this. Uh, come for your words. Michael fought, said, I've come for your words. I've come for your words. Now watch this. This is powerful. And, and, and your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son and will, give, and, and you, and, and will give you the name John. Listen to this. The angel announced, you're going to have a child. He's going to be a son. You're going to name him John. Man, isn't that powerful? Man, if we did that, we wouldn't be naming our children Apple and Orange and, and stuff like that if we really heard from God. Amen. Some, some names, they sound like medicine today. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so bizarre how they mix names. And the people have got to live with that name their whole life. Their, their whole life. But the angel came and said, you're going to have a son. You're going to have a son right in the middle of the tabernacle while he's fulfilling. And the angel shows up. This angel showed up and tells him, you're going to have a son. I'm here to tell you right now, you're going to have what you said. You're going to have what you say. Angels are going to help you fulfill that. Thank you for all those stares. I appreciate that so much. I've seen angels. I don't look for them. I don't pray to see them. But, 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 but I, I've, I've had visitations of where they've been there. And I've seen them. And they're not chubby little things like little cupids with little arrows that barely fly. They're not overweight. The, the angels that I saw, these were, these were not archangels. These are the angels that I saw, about 14 foot high. I was talking to a pastor's wife. Uh, you know her. She comes here, her and her husband, Henry and Tanya Pius. And um, her, her father, uh, her father had, had passed away. And uh, uh, matter of fact, they called me one day, and we, Joanne and I lived in Downey. They lived in the valley. They called us, said, my father's in the hospital. And they said, and the, and the doctor said he's not going to make it through the night. So Joanne and I got in our car. We drove to the hospital out in, out in the valley. 
And uh, so while we're driving, I said, I'll drive, Joanne. Here's the verses of Scripture I want you to read to me the whole way. And if you can't find a verse, pray in tongues. No radio, don't say anything else, just pray in tongues. So she did, and I drove, and I prayed in tongues the whole way. Now, we got to the hospital and uh, walked into the room, and, uh, and the doctors, you know, they had, him, they had him in the room, and he was all wired up, man. He, was, he had all this stuff. His kidneys it were shutting down. They said this was it. He was dying. And uh, so I, nobody knew I was in the room. No, nobody noticed me in the room. And so then I, I, I shouted. From, I was leaning against the wall, and I shouted, and, and I said, you shall live and not die. And everybody stopped. Then they do. Go, well, who are you? I said, well, I don't know you and you don't know me. I said, I'm a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Get out of the way. And everybody, they're operating. They backed away. They got them open. They backed away. You're not supposed to do that. Dude, you, that just doesn't happen. They backed away. Put my hands on his head and I said, I had no gloves, no mask, no nothing. Put my hand on him, and I said, in the authority of the name of Jesus, live and not die. I said, he'll be fine. I'm walking out. Finish your job. I left. And then a few weeks later, I get a phone call. He's home, and he's doing the lawn. Doing the lawn. They said he lived. And with tears, when I went over to go see him a few weeks later, he's there, and he's crying. He goes, I left my body. I was above the ground when I heard you yell at me. And I came back into my body, and I'm alive today. And he said, and now I've accepted. He wasn't born again. He accepted Jesus Christ to be the Lord of his life. Now, the reason I'm telling you this is that uh, 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 just a little bit longer, about a year, maybe two years, I don't know exactly when it was, but he passed away. Now I'm doing the, we're doing the funeral there. And I'm on the platform. And the whole time I'm on the platform, soon as I take the platform, I hear a, a rushing sound. I look up in the balcony of this Catholic church. See, there was an argument. The priest didn't want me to do it because I wasn't a priest. And I said, I am a priest. I'm a minister of the gospel. You're, you're, are you a minister? He goes, yes, I'm a minister. Are you a priest? He goes, you know what a priest means? He goes, well, yeah. I go, well, so am I. You use your Bible? I use my Bible. Just let me do this. So we did this. What could he say? So I did this. I'm on the platform. I heard this rushing sound up in the balcony, two angels. Two angels. And the whole time I ministered, I'm staring at them. And one of them is giving me the words to say. And he spoke to to Zacharias. Tell me what to say. I began to speak. We had an altar call. Quite a few people got born again. Now, when it's all over, we're going to have the viewing. And they had the thing. They opened it up. It's where you could see him. I stood by the edge of the casket. And then I invited uh, his, his daughter, Tanya, and the son-in-law, Henry, come join me. They came and stood right next to me. And as soon as they did that, as soon as they did that, those two angels came out of the, out of the balcony and came. And one of them stood at the head of the casket, and the other one stood at the other one. And I looked over at Tanya, and I said, there's angels here. She goes, I know. They've been here the whole service, up in the balcony. And, and she goes, and they're here. I go, yeah. This one at the head of the casket is your father's angel. He's escorted him to heaven and wanted me to tell, tell you that he already escorted him to heaven. Not going to, he's already has. And the other one is your angel giving you comfort, letting you know and strengthening you. And she goes, man, it's so powerful. And she, the power of God came on her. She started to shake. 
Amen. This, this, this happened. I can't tell you how many times this happened at funerals where I've seen angelic operation in that. And so the, the power of God. And, the, the, and so when you see this kind of stuff, and you see, here's what you're aware of. Angels are with you all the time. See, people will go pay, pay well, they can't right now because of the pandemic, but people would pay all kinds of money and stand in line to see uh, horror flicks, right. demons, werewolves, Dracula, you know, all kinds of weird stuff. And then you tell them angels, ah, that don't exist. That don't exist. But when they go see a horror flick, and then their fear gets on them. And they go and they jump in the theater. Ah, it's a movie. Why do you jump? Why do you jump? Because fear is real. But holiness is real. And a holy moment happened. While they were, he was going through his ritual, he, he forgot the presence of God. You can go through what you're going through and forget how holy it is. Amen. Listen, do you know why you're married? It's called holy matrimony. Sometimes you forget how holy your, mat, your, your relationship is. You look at your spouse and it got old. It's holy. No, seriously, man. You can look at each other and grab each other and healing occur. You sit at your dinner table. That's a covenant meal. God visits your house and the peace that passes all understanding lives in your home. We forget how holy we are. We forget that we've been separated unto God. Now, now the Bible said, and the angel said, do not be afraid. So don't be afraid. Turn around to us and say, don't be afraid. Now, you're going to bear a son. Now, th th this is powerful. Uh, uh, th this is one. Now, go to a book of Isaiah, chapter 41, verse 414. Let's, let's look at this for just a moment. Isaiah, this is important that you understand. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to endeavor to, to get across to you is that angels are real. We, we live in a supernatural time. Supernatural. We've, there's never been a time we haven't. We're born again. We're more spiritual than we are natural. We're more spiritual than, than we are natural beings. And, and so because of it, we've got to be aware of it. The Holy Spirit dwells on the inside. That's, just, that's not a scripture. That's a revelation. That's just not something you highlight. That's, in, that's a supernatural revelation, information imparted to you so that you're aware. When I wake up, He's there. When I go to work, He's there. When I drive the freeways, He's there. Amen. When I go to sleep, He's there. He's with me all the time. Right. And so, and, and angels are there. And, and angels, and, and so we're, we're, and I'm not saying, I'm not teaching on this to promote to you to go pray for angels. But what I'm saying is you got to be aware that they're present. And, oh, okay. Let me give you a verse before we go there. Go, I gave you Isaiah, right? Go to the book of Psalms. Thank you, Lord. Go to the book of Psalms and look at this verse, chapter 15. Psalms chapter 15. Oh, man, this is good. The whole chapter of this is good. I like the song. Who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall abide in thy hill? He that dwelleth uprightly speaks the word from his heart. Never mind. I know songs. Watch this. Psalm. Are you ready there? Psalm chapter 15, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in your tabernacle? Question mark. Now, and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? 
He that walketh uprightly worketh righteousness and speaketh the truth in his heart. Oh, man. Now, he that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, this is going to bite. Nor do it, now watch this, taketh up reproach against his neighbor, whose eyes a vile person is content, and he honoreth them that fear the Lord, he that answereth with his heart, and uh, changeth not, and he that putteth not, out, not his money to usury, nor taketh out against the innocent, he that doeth the things shall never be moved. Now, now watch that. If that is true and angels oversee that, this verse of scripture is one you ought to be quoting all the time. I'm abiding in this. I'm abiding, remember Psalm 91? But notice this. Who shall abide? That's a question mark. Who shall abide? Now we know that in the original there were no questions, periods, commas, or all that. We realize that. We, we do get that. But here's the thing. Is that most people don't know that their daily life is being watched. And that angels are present. They're with you. And, and if you're in your home and you start doing something, I remember a man, a wonderful man, by the name of Tim Tanner. <coughs> Tim Tanner uh, was the assistant minister to my spiritual father, Dr. Ed Dufresne, years, years, years back. And uh, Tim was a prophet himself. And uh, he was telling me at one time, he goes, you know, Pastor Art, um, uh, uh, th- there was a, this, this man spoke, I, I, I recall, one time at the West Coast Believers Convention, Brother Copeland was there and we had the meeting. And I didn't have any place to go and I couldn't rent a room at that time. Didn't have the finances to do that. He said, why don't you come to my room? I, I got a room. I said, okay. I went to his room. And um, it was hot that day. Because, you know, during the conventions it was hot. He, he, comes, he comes out of the restroom. He's got a t-shirt on and his boxer shorts on. And comes and looks at me and goes, Thus saith the Lord! Now two things grabbed me. One, he's prophesying in his boxers. And two, he's prophesying. And he shocked me because he yelled at me. And he goes, look, look, look. And I looked out the window and angels were riding horses straight up to that hotel. And he said, they're your angels. The first time I saw those angels was when a man by the name of Sam Carr spoke for us. He was preaching. I was in the front row and, we, and the angels came and the wall disappeared. And angels rode up in horses. And there was 14 of them. One of them got off and he stood there and he said, I am the angel of this ministry. And he said, and we've come to help. And the other one got off and he said, and I'm your personal angel. He said, command ye us and we'll go. I said, then go and get what belongs to the ministry. And when they left, I got sucked out of my body, spirit first, then my natural man. Some of the people in the front row fell out on the floor. They jumped to the feet. The power of God was that strong. Oh, so real. Now they're here again. And he said, look, look, look. He had his eyes real big. Forget the fact he was in shorts. Man, I didn't want to see that. I can't forget it. But, uh, you know, you, you, you saw it, you saw it. But what I really remember is those angels. I never forget them. The supernatural visitation came riding up on horses. And stood, and, they, and the wall disappeared, and they're there. And they were, they were so big. We were on the fifth floor of that hotel, and the horses stood that high. Angels were looking at us. And, they, and what, the one that, that spoke to me goes, 
I told you we were here from, for your ministry. And you stopped asking for things. And he said this, and you started begging for things. And he said, and you have bowed your knee to need. And we can't move. We've come for words, and your words don't match the word. Change it. I turned around, I looked at, at, at Tim Tanner, and he said, you've been bowing to your needs. He said what the angel said. I got on my knees, he laid hands on me, and man, we settled that issue right then. Angels. Angels are present. And right at that time, that verse of Scripture just came as a revelation. He said, if you'll abide in my tabernacle. I said, how do I do that? Keep your words alive in this tabernacle. Wow. Hey, I'm doing pretty good for Merry Christmas to everybody. <laughs> Amen. Now, Isaiah 41.10 says this. Glory be to God. So, uh, Listen, some of you have been visited. Some of you have had angels talk to you. You don't even know it. Okay, thank you. I, I can prove that to you scripturally. You, that I, I can prove that to you scripturally that some, some have entertained angels unaware. And, and then the, the key is, how, how did you entertain them? How, how did you do that? I'll, I'll, I'll maybe get to that. Now watch this, Isaiah 41, 14. Is, is this all right with everybody? Yeah, Ben. See, I'm a spiritual man. I'm, I'm your pastor. My, my, I'm on assignment. He told me that in, in the month of October, I was in prayer, and he said, 2021, 2022, he said, you better major on the house of God, the people of God, and the pursuit of God. Right. He said, all three of those are going to be under attack in 21 and 22. And he said, and the remnant, and those that seek me first are the ones that will come out rejoicing. They may go into fire, but they will not be burned. They may be, they may face some uh, lions, but they won't be devoured. And he said, they'll stand strong. They'll shout to me with the voice of triumph. They'll be joyful. They'll come singing and they'll worship me. And he said, and sadly, others who've had nothing but church attendance on their roll will fall by the wayside. And the great falling away is coming, as was spoken about in Scripture. Wow. Major on the house of God. All right, you ready? Do not fear. <laughs> now listen to how he said this. I didn't write this Bible. Isaiah 41, 14. Do not fear, you worm Jacob, you man of Israel. I will help you, declares the Lord, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel. Wow. All right, now, back up to verse 10. Do not fear, I'm with you. Do not be anxious. Uh, look about you, for I am the Lord your God. I'll strengthen you. I'll help you. I'll uphold you with my right hand of righteousness. Wow, these are what, this is what he's going to do. He's, gonna, he's already done this through Christ Jesus. He's already fulfilled this verse in our ears and in our eyes. God has done this for us. Amen? So you and I have got to recognize this. Now, go with me, if you will, uh, and let's go to the book of Matthew chapter 1, and let's look at this verse. Matthew chapter 1. Angels are present, and they're, they're moving in our midst, and they're here for us right now, and, and they're operating in, in our midst. They're operating in our, in our homes, in our life, on a regular basis. 
And so uh, as we see this, I want to read a, a translation of this. And it says this, God sent his son as an undeserved, unmerited gift to free us. God sent his son. Watch this. Joseph was thinking about an angel that appeared to him and told him not to be afraid and to take his wife. Now, who told him that? Gabriel did this. Gabriel came and told him this. If you, if you read 20 and 21, and the angel said, you're going to have a son, you're going to call him Jesus, and he'll save his people from their sins. Now, I want you to catch that. Here's how people read this. He'll save me from my sins. He did do that. But catch the verse. Listen to what he said. He will save his people. The whole reason that Jesus came wasn't for you. It was for him. He wanted his people. He wanted his people. And he wanted his people so bad that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And so he wanted him so bad that God said, I need to send somebody. I said this on Wednesday night. That, and I may have said it last week. I, I don't think I did. But uh, uh, on Wednesday night, the Bible said that you've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places, far above all powers and principalities. I added that other part to, to the other verse. But according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, you are blessed with all, before the foundation of the world with all spiritual blessings. Before the foundation of the world. So before the foundation of the world, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost took counsel together and discussed you. Nothing was made. There weren't any angels. There were, no, there were no stars. The earth had not been built, had not been created. Nothing existed. In the heart, in the mind of God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost took counsel about you. Amen. And then God said, they got to be so blessed. So we'll bless them in us. And how do we start? Let there be light. All of that was about the blessed state. God said, and 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 God said. Ten times. Ten times he said, and this is good. First nine didn't say it. Ten times. And this is good. That was talking about you. He looked at you and he stood you upright. And then, of course, we know the fall. And then in John chapter, excuse me, Genesis chapter 3, we know that Satan uh, uh, did what he did, but God had a conversation with Adam and Eve and Satan. And he looks at Satan and he said, he said, her seed is going to bruise your head. Your head bruised her heel, prophetically. And he said that. Now, years down the road, in that manger, is when that seed entered. But the seed entered at the discussion of the beginning of the fall. That seed existed. So if the seed existed almost 4,000 years, why can't you believe God for four months? What seed did God use in Genesis? Words. What seed produced flesh? Words. What seed created angelic operation? Angels fill the sky. The Bible said a multitude. You know, in the Hebrew, it says uh, over 100 million. Now, we don't really know, but that's their definition. 
over 100 million angels at the announcement. And they came to shepherds. Why? Why those shepherds? Those shepherds were not the regular shepherds. Those shepherds were around the tabernacle and the temple because they took care of all of the sacrificial lambs. So the lamb that was born was the lamb that would put them out of work. I don't know if you understand that. And the angels came, filled the sky. Now, the Bible and tradition tells you they were asleep. Lie. That was a lie. If you're tending sheep, you don't sleep. You got to make sure nobody takes them and nothing harms them and that they stay spotless and they without any scar, nothing on them. And because they were not normal shepherds, like David, who was by himself, these ones had four or more shepherds. And so these shepherds were all awake. And the sky was filled. As they tended to the sacrificial lamp, and the angels appeared, and they look up as far as they could see. There were angels. Amen. And the announcement came. And they announced it, and they rained down revelation. Now, here's what they did. And you don't do this when you tend to that kind of sheep. They saw it and they said, there is a baby born in a manger. And he's the savior of the world. And you know what they did? They left their work. How many of you would ever hear God tell you, you know what? There's a meeting going on over there. I'm walking out of work. I'm leaving my job right now. I got to go to that meeting. How many of you just walk away? Just, just, just walk away. These, all the shepherds left. They all went. And they went out of respect and they bowed their knee to the lamb. The gift they gave was their worship. And they came out of obedience and they came over to that. Oh, man, that is so powerful. And they came and they worshiped, but they left the sheep all by themselves. You don't do that. You don't do that unless there's a something on the inside of you. Unless there's something right down in here. Oh, man, I was up like this at the platform at Laura Scudder and checking the oil out and coming down the steps. I came down and I went like this, hit this bottom step on the cement slab. All the machines had been functioning, stepped down, and all of it, I wasn't there no more. I was at a full gospel businessman meeting in Pasadena. And I was giving my testimony, and a man by the name of Laverne Huff was the president of that chapter in Pasadena. Now, I didn't know that in the natural. I knew that by revelation. I stepped down off that, and then once I did that, I saw myself giving my testimony. And I was all dressed up wearing my suit. There was a table full of people. I didn't know any of them. Nobody there right now. And I stepped back onto that, and, and the Lord spoke to me. He goes, today you're going to go there. Today, the, the, the line is going to shut down. When it shuts down, they're going to ask if you want overtime, and you normally take overtime, so don't take it. Go home and, and uh, take a shower, get your suit on, and wait for me. So I did that. So they did that. The, the line shut down, just as he said. And he said, Art, you want to work overtime because you normally do it? No, I can't do it. I got to go. And he goes, where are you going? I go, I got an appointment with God. I'm going to be in Pasadena. So I, I said it boldly. I went home, got dressed. When Joanne got home, I was sitting on the couch. She goes, why are you in a suit? Why aren't you, where did you go to work? I said, I, uh, I'm going to go give my testimony. I'm going to go speak today. 
She goes, where are you going? I said, Pasadena. She goes, who invited you? I go, God. She goes, well, who are you speaking for? I go, a man by the name of Laverne Huff. She goes, who's he? I go, I don't know. I never met him. I said, I'm just waiting for the phone call to come in to give me directions. So I sat there reading my Bible. And I, and I was reading, and I kept re- hearing this statement because I had read this book before by John Osteen, There's a Miracle in Your Mouth. I kept going over and over that. Miracle in your mouth. Miracle in your mouth. Amen. So I'm sitting there, and, and then uh, when, when that occurred, the phone rang. And I said, I got it. I went and grabbed the phone. I said, is this Mr. Laverne Huff? And he got quiet, and he goes, yes. He goes, how would you know? I go, well, my name's Art Aragon. You're inviting me to come give my testimony at your meeting tonight in Pasadena. He goes, well, yeah, our speaker couldn't make it today, and somebody gave me your name. I go, who? He goes, I don't know. They just gave me your name. He said, you could do it. I said, I'll do it. Just give me the address. I got to get out of here. Because it's already 5 o'clock, and your, your thing starts at 6.30. I could go to Pasadena. I don't even know where you're at. And he goes, well, this is the hotel we meet. There was no GPS then. No, there was no, no, we didn't have any of that. I, we didn't have any of that. Do you know that I got in my car, told Joanna I had to go? Got in my car, went. Sat at the back table. Glory be to God. Two angels were in that meeting that night. And I, a man by the name of Ed Dufresne was speaking. I never met him before in my life. First time I saw anybody there. I walked in. I go, where's Laverne Huff? And he walked over. And, and so I introduced myself. Oh, you're Art. I go, you're, hey, you're Laverne. I said, God, talk to me about you. Because that was bizarre. I go, no, it's not. It's God. See, some people call moves of God bizarre because they don't, they don't know it. Oh, man. But those angels stood there. One, and they were both on, by the platform. And one was stood right, be, right behind Dr. Ed Dufresne. And, and so, uh, and I didn't know who he was, though. And after we got through with that whole meeting, uh, that was the introductory to my life with him. I gave my testimony, did what I did, came home. And I only had $5. They charged me $5 to eat. It had to be in there to eat. I was the guest speaker, but I had to pay $5 to get in. And so, and, and so the full gospel were known for that. So they, I had to pay $5 to eat. And that's all, that's all I had. At that time period, that's all I had for the week. I didn't have anything else. That was on a Friday night. So uh, I'm walking, after I get through my testimony, and Dr. Frank got through, I started to get up and walk out. And a woman from across the way screamed at me. She goes, you, you, you. And I stopped, turned around, and she ran. She goes, the Lord's been dealing with me the whole time we were teaching for me to give you $50. I said, that's God. You, you know it's God if all you have is five and you had to pay for your own meal. And so, you know, and, and, uh, and, and the, the, those days, they didn't give honorariums. So I, gave, I got the $50, came home with Joanne. I left with five, came home with 50. And, and, and that was the beginning of, of me giving my testimonies at different places and sharing how, how good God was. But angels were with me. Angels were with me. Art, how did you get to Pasadena? Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking angelic operation. There's so many things that have occurred to me. I haven't told all the stories. I haven't told all the manifestations. I had a fever one time, 105, and passed out in my car. Passed out of my car on the 5 freeway, heading home. I was in the fast lane. And woke up on the emergency lane with my engine off, and I was in the back seat with my keys in my pocket. Don't know how that happened. Woke up totally healed. No police stop me, no nothing. Man, God will protect you. I, I don't, I, I, just, just angels will do what they need to do, take care of you. I just passed out. Can you imagine driving just passing out? No, no, don't imagine it. 
It's, 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 it's bizarre. God chose to show his favor by coming to earth in human form and, and to save us from death. Go to Romans chapter 6 and, and, and look at Romans chapter 6, verse 23. We'll get ready to close this down. Um, you know that a lot of the stuff I'm saying to you right now is not even in my notes. It's just sometimes when I, when I, begin, when I lead worship, it just takes me in a different place. And so, and, and so that, that'll happen. Uh, and let's look at this. Acts, Romans. Uh, chapter 6, and let's look at verse uh, 23. Are, are you ready for this? Now, this is why Jesus came. Watch this. He, yes, he came for you, but watch this. Um, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God. Now, stop right there. The gift of God. What did God do? He gifted you. He gifted you with himself. Why? Because it took himself to redeem us. The, the birth, the whole purpose for the virgin birth is for God's benefit. Do you realize in the book of Revelations it says that we were made to give him joy? But with sin we couldn't. So God needed, God, there's something God needs. And he needs you to believe him. He does have a need. He needs you to believe him. He needs you to say, thank you. I believe this. I worship you. I thank you for this. This is what all this is. This is what we're, we're dealing with. See, sin employs, the, uh, uh, employs us like soldiers. If we're under his rule, he'll employ us. like. And the reward of that of, of payment is death. It's death. A spiritual separation from God. Jesus didn't want that. God didn't want that. So the reason for Christmas... It's not just about the gift. You got to understand, there was a bloody manifestation that was going to be taking place, but it had to come through the avenue of a child, and the angel announced it. And right now, the angel's announcing your benefit and your blessing, announcing this. There was a man uh, who was in a, that, that I met at a meeting, at a full gospel Benjamin meeting. I'd been to several of them, and he was giving this testimony. He said, my wife and I were gone. And while we were gone, he said, uh, our, when we got home, he said, uh, our neighbors came and said, uh, said, oh, you should have been here. Most unusual thing happened. They go, what happened? Somebody tried to break into your house. They said, well, what, where did they break in? And, oh, they didn't get in. They came to the front door, and they were trying to get in, checking the doors out. There was two people. They tried to get into the front door, and as soon as they grabbed the door, Every light in your house turned on at the same time. And a door opened, the front door opened, but the man that you had staying with you was so big, he stood taller than the house, but stepped out through the wall and just stared at him. He said, when this happened, they went in the, in the yard, fell on their knees screaming, help, call the police, have us arrested. And they waited for the police. They said, get us out of here. Those men are staring at us. It was their angels. It was their angels. It was their angels watching over their home. And he said, after everybody left, the lights all went off. Oh, man. Joanne was with me when this happened. We were in the city. uh, We were in, in, in Artesia on Pioneer Boulevard. There was an accident. I tell this account. This is not a story. 
I don't ever tire of saying this because uh, make known his deeds among the people. Amen. This happened. This is, I'll never, it's embedded in me. I can't get rid of it. And, and, I was, and I pulled over a woman, a young girl, 14 years old, had got hit by a car in the middle of the street, and the guy, it was hit and run, left her there. Her leg was back over this way. Her arm was all twisted. Blood was coming out of her mouth and nose. Her neck was twisted. You could see that her neck was broken. It hit her hard. And she's moaning in the street. You could tell her life was expiring. It's coming out. She was leaving. I, I got parked my car, ran across the street. Joanne stood on the curb, and, uh, and she was praying for me. And I stood there, and I grabbed her slowly, and I just started praying in tongues for her. And then I sensed two people come, come uh, kneel by me. And two men came and knelt. One by, by right by where I was at, and the other at her feet. And her foot, her body was all crooked. All crooked, Jesse. Her body was all crooked. Blood coming out. But her leg was in a way it couldn't have been before. Her neck was twisted out of a way. Her arm was all twisted. You could see the bone sticking out. She's laying there. Blood out of her mouth. Cement full of blood. And Jeff, I sat there, and the angel next to me, looked with fire in his eyes at me. And he said boldly, in a way I've never heard it said before, say this prayer with me now. And he led me in words. I said everything he said. And as I said them, her bones snapped back into place. Her neck twisted back. The blood coagulated. No more bleeding. Her eyes became fixated on me. Her body straightened up. That angel had a hold of her legs. But I found out later were two angels because when I looked at Joanna, I go, where'd those two men go? She goes, there were no two men. It was just you. No, there was a man by me and a man by, at her feet. He goes, no, there was just you. I had to ask her three times. She was getting mad at me. She goes, there was just you. There were people standing by by this time. Oh, but the angel spared that young woman. Remember that? The angel spared that woman, that young girl's life. Her bones snapped back into place. Two angels, mine, gave me words to speak. I've come for your words. It, I didn't know what to say. The angel knew it. So I'll tell you what to say. They couldn't do it because they need man to speak. But they could give you words to say. So he gave me the right words to say, and I said them with the same authority. When I did, all the bones snapped back into place. A young girl sat up a little bit. The ambulance got there. They put her in. She's just staring at me. They put her in. They began to drive away. And she's still standing. And I saw her stand up, look, sit, sitting up, looking out that back window, staring at me. The power of God. And they, and they, were, they were looking. And they said, what happened to her? I go, well, she got hit by a car. They said, all her bones were, they told us were broken. Well, I don't know. Just, and they, they drove away. Never saw the woman again. You don't need to. Here's what I do know. I'm going to see her in heaven. I'm going to see her in heaven. Did you lead her to Christ? No, I didn't. It was happened so quick. I was shocked. She was shocked. She's staring at me. I'm staring at her. She knew what happened to her. She almost left to earth. And somewhere, I firmly believe this, somebody was praying for her. Maybe it was her mama, maybe it was her daddy, maybe it was her grandma. Somebody had incorporated prayer and called her 
by name and invoked heaven's response. Joanne and I were, don't normally drive that way, and we went that way. Saw the accident, got out of the car. Too, long, too, too late to tell me it doesn't work. Too late to, tell, to make fun of me. I don't care. I've seen them. I've witnessed them. Amen. Joanne will tell you, we were in my, I was dancing in my room. I was dancing, I was singing in my room because uh, they, they came and visited me when we lived in, in uh, Downey. And I was in my room. And, uh, uh, and uh, I used to get a severe strep throat. And then instantly got healed of it. But for years and years, I had strep throat. Almost died from strep throat. And I was in, that, in my bedroom. And uh, actually was with Dr. Dufresne. I preached. And then uh, came straight home. My mom and dad were with us. And, and, and uh, I went into the room. Joel was just about two years old. My son Joel, oldest, about two years old. He came in the room. And angels were in my room. Joanne said it sounded like there was about 20 Native Americans in there dancing. There was bouncing and jumping. Bouncing and jumping and, and, and just going. They said, praise God, praise God. And, and they said, praise God. And I raised my hand and they said, praise God. I started praising God. And they just were moving all over the place. And the power of God came in there. I totally healed. I came out and said, I'm hungry. That's how you know you're healed when, you want, when you're hungry. I have Adam visit me. It was an angel that grabbed me at one time and I was in my room and I was praying and grabbed me, had a hold of me and said to me, Isaiah 53. And I started to quote it, Isaiah 53, 5. I knew what he was saying. And then out of that came, he was wounded for our transgressions. My room was instantly filled with angels. Bruised from our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace, it was upon you. By the stripes you healed me. Oh, man. Yeah. I'm a simple man, a D student, but knows God. Man, sometimes I look at my son Brent and I say, God, where did you come up with all these illustrations? One time I asked the Lord, I said, how did you come up with all these illustrations? I don't have any illustrations. He goes, you are the illustration. Everything I showed you, tell it. And he says, those who have ears to hear will hear. I've just imparted unto you and hope and in, in my goal. Angels showed up at Jesus's uh, inauguration of humanity. Right at the time where he was engaged in, walk, in, in, in knocking out complete death for you and me. I know it sounded like I had a scattergun today and I was just shooting it. But this had nothing to do with my notes. And Joanne will tell you, I was up till 1.30 this morning studying, putting my notes together, and I couldn't send them. Brent goes, where's my notes? I go, I couldn't send them. Couldn't send them. Amen. This, this is just good. So maybe later on I'll send it to you. I don't know. But, uh, but praise God. Amen. Well, I believe you got something out of this today. This is, this is just the... So, Father, for those that are at home watching and for those of us present, your presence is with us. You're with us. We don't worship. 
We do not glorify, we do not beg for manifestations of angelic visitation to see it with our natural eyes. We don't need that. We need your word. We need your presence. And so, but people need to know angels are with us. And that you, they are here, heirs of our salvation. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. So, in the name of Jesus. I call you well. I call you healthy. I call you strong. I'm saying you're divinely protected in Jesus' name. And I'm also saying to you that in Jesus' name, those individuals that give you problems on the jobs, they're going to have to deal with your angel. And, they're gonna, and God will deal with them. God, God will take care of that. Is there some of you that you've been going through, you won't say it, but hell. And, uh, and, and these people are full of the spirit of Antichrist. And, they, and it's not you they don't like, it's the anointing. And they don't know what to call it because they're not spiritual. So they don't recognize it. But you're so highly anointed, you frustrate the devil that controls them. And if you'll change your mindset towards them, the devil that's being um, tortured will leave. And eventually they'll say, please send us to the pigs. Get us out of here. Get us free. We don't want to be, get, get us, we want to be free. And that's what they're doing. They're crying out. Hurting people hurt people. Remember that. Hurting people hurt people. So if people are hurting and they try to hurt you, don't get hurt. Just recognize they need help. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.